Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. I want to begin with a question this morning. What do you think happens when you take a stand for God? In your mind, what do you think happens? Probably a lot of things going through your mind. I hope that some things would come to your mind, such as there's probably persecution coming your way. (laughs) The world and Christ don't belong together. So if you are hidden in Christ, and you are a new creation of Christ, you are not of this world. Amen? You are a citizen of heaven. Another thing that may be going through your mind is blessings. If I stand for God, surely He will bless me. He will in His time and in His will. That's something we have to understand. It may not turn over like tomorrow you do something good today and tomorrow you get blessed for it. I'll say this, if you woke up the next day, You're probably blessed for it, amen? He doesn't have to give you that, but He does. I think about the rewards and the trials and the growth and the spiritual maturity that will come from when you stand for God. This morning in Daniel chapter 1, as we wrap it up, we will begin to see all of this in one. Every bit of this, from trials to blessings, will come together here in chapter 1 as we begin to wrap this up. Just a reminder, Daniel was taken captive. I know if you've been here the last two or three Sundays, you know that at the age of 15, with 25% of the other ones who were left living, per se. You see there, persecution came. We see Daniel took a stand in the first few verses. And then we see the faithfulness and the rewards of God as we go through the book of Daniel. And even at the end of the chapter 1, Right before verse 17 comes, some of your Bibles may say faithfulness rewarded. It's a little subtitle. Some Bibles do, some Bibles don't. Some Bibles break it down that way. But I want to this morning talk about how belittlement will probably come your way. There's people of the world that's going to make you feel about this tall if they can. Let me back that up. If you let them. Because you forget who is the author and perfecter of your faith. Now that doesn't mean I'm saying you've lost your salvation by no means, but we're all human, and in a moment when I'm being persecuted, I may forget that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. And that happens. I've been called out, tired. I was standing in line of a concert one night. Thank goodness Molly was there. And there was this guy who was persecuting us and our children, our youth. And to be honest with you, I was a little weary. I don't know if children were here at the time, and my girls, that is, and I don't know what happened for two years. I'll be honest with you. It's been a while, two years. But the guy jumped on me, asked me all these questions about Christ, and I kept it simple. But then Molly stepped in and stood up for me. Just like Daniel and these three Hebrew boys, or men to be, you have to stay connected to the church and to have believers as your best friends. That's actually our third point this morning. I've skipped ahead. 
But listen to what Proverbs chapter 4 says about instruction, okay? Instruction, God's instruction. It says this, verse 10, Proverbs verse 10. Listen, my son, my daughter, accept my words and you will live many years. I am teaching you the way of wisdom. I am guiding you on straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Don't let it go. Guard it, for it is your life. God's Word is your life. Let me say that this morning one more time. God's Word is your life. Daniel and these three other Hebrew boys knew the importance of God's Word. They remembered what the prophets before them had told them about the holy, merciful, righteous God. And in Daniel chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, it's where we're going to spend most of our time this morning, it says this, At the end of the time, this is after the three years of being trained, secularized, Daniel and these Hebrew boys and others, at the end of the time that the king had said to present them, the chief eunuch presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king interviewed them, and among all of them, there was no one equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. So they began to attend the king. In every matter of wisdom and understanding, the king consulted them. I'm sorry, understanding that the king consulted them about, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the mediums in his entire kingdom. Now at the time when Daniel was standing for the Lord, do you think that he was feeling the blessing of God? Probably not, I would say. They were getting ready to throw him into the fiery furnace. I don't know if that is a blessing or a curse. As we read on, we know it's a blessing, and we'll get to that in a few weeks. But our first point this morning is decide in advance to stand for God. Right now, make up your mind to stand for God, no matter what it is, at work, in your family. Scripture tells us that trials are coming our way. If Jesus said it, you better believe it. I'm just speaking the truth here. He said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things, talking about what's to come, trials, blessings, everything. This is at the, at the meal, the Passover meal. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now, he didn't say you'll have peace in the world. You'll have peace in politicians. You'll have peace in your mom or your dad. You'll have peace in your children. All that can be a blessing from the one and only. Jesus said you'll only have peace in me. Now, there's a peace with God and the peace of God. And you can't have one without the other. Let me preach to you this morning. Okay? To have the peace of God, you better be at peace with God. Okay? That means you've asked God to be your Lord and Savior. That you believe on the cross at Golgotha that He sent His only Son to be nailed to the cross 
hands and feet and a thorn pushed in, when the true sign of unconditional love is that, is a cross, not a anything else, is a cross and that God had seen His only Son so that you may have peace. That's the only peace in this world that you can find that is fulfilling. That is the only peace that when you're going through trials in Philippians 4, we're going to talk about in a minute, that he said rejoice in the Lord when Paul was writing from prison. Rejoice, I tell you again. Amen? He gives peace that surpasses all understanding. All comprehension. That means your mind cannot comprehend the peace that God has but for you. But he says this, that in me you may have peace and in the world you will have trouble. He says, but take heart. That means take of courage. Be confident in Christ, not in of the self, but be confident in Christ. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ, who you put your faith in, if you've not, let me encourage you this morning, put your faith in the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has overcome the world. The only way you're going to face the fiery furnace of life or the lion's den of life is to have the peace of God and peace with God. There's many tests in our life. If you're a student, you're probably tested educationally. Some of us are tested athletically. There's competitions. There's games. Some of us have friendship tests, you know. If you want to be cool, you've got to be with this person and do what this person says or what the Internet tells you is, is right or what social media tells you. There's a lot of tests out there for teenagers now that I'm not so sure we had on Middle Fork back in the day. Thank goodness there was no Internet on Middle Fork in 99 or 2000. Amen? I praise the Lord. Technology is not always a good thing. It is if it's used for the right purpose. But as adults, I'm slowly finding out there's tests that I fa face every day. How to treat my spouse day in and day out. How to raise my children in a godly home and run a godly home and try to be a godly person at work. Even though some other bodies of things say I need to do this and I try to serve God. It's really important Folks, that we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what the gospel is. That Jesus Christ died so you can be an ambassador for Him. So you can be in a righteous relationship with Him. And there's a few different ways that we can handle our trials. Two of them's not good. One of them's great. First one, not good. We can take a dive and forget that we've been saved by grace. Let me tell you, that's easier but there's a little thing in the back of your mind that you know that's like a kid in the back of the class keeps raising its hand. No, not now. No, 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 kid. Be quiet for a minute. If you've been a teacher, you understand. Tony Hamilton was in the back of that class probably raising his hand. No, Tony, not now. But you know what? My mind says, Brian, do you really want to do that? Greg, do you really want to go to that homeless person and... Ask if you can share the gospel with him. Do you really want to pick up that person riding on the side of the road? 
Do you really? That's true. She said it. She's answered the question for you. That's your flesh saying, I don't know. We take matters into our own hands from there. We take God out of the equation. Second thing is, and I'm guilty of this. Lord, cleanse me of this. Give me a pure heart so I can help sinners return to you, Father. But we withdraw from the problem to survive. Meaning we compartmentalize our life. Mm, Christ don't need to be in the workplace. Mm, what I do on Sunday don't need to be out in the community at a ball game on Tuesday night. Or at a track meet on Thursday. Hmm, I don't know. Should I really go to the jail and share with these folks? And as Brother Ezra can clue you in on some things. But even the lost of the lost, which I was, can get on top of a chair and be staring into the voice of God that God had sent there that night. That's a Sunday school story. Thank you, Brother Ezra and Miss Amanda and all those going to the jail. There's problems there, but there's also problems here in the world that we come across every day. The third one is this. And this is the good one. We can decide to thrive because Christ lives in me. Because Christ lives in me, knowing that I'm a child of God. In Romans, he tells us that we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. I'm going to say that again. Listen. If you're listening, say amen. We are more than conquerors. There's nothing that you're going to face that you can't conquer. I'm not trying to give you a pip-up speech. I'm trying to give, just like this story says, shirt says, my story, his glory. Tell your story. Don't make it about you, but tell his story. And you'll shine his glory. Just like in Sunday school in Revelations talking about the church at Ephesus. They were going strong, wasn't they, Paul Sizemore? I mean, they were doing good things and they were doing great works and man. But Jesus said, I commend you for doing good works. But I want you to know you've lost your first love. You've lost the love of Christ. You're doing it because either one, you're mad because nobody else is doing it. Two, you feel guilty. You're not letting the peace of Christ rest in your heart. Or three, you making it about yourself. And I'll be honest with you. One, two, and three is, guess what? About yourself. Let the peace of God surpass anything that's in your little mind. If you know Him, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been face down in a ditch or on a mat or on your knees asking for God to move and knowing that you don't have to do a good work to get Him to move, that He is your Father, and just like I would do anything for my children, He'll do anything for you according to His will. His will is for you to prosper, for you to have life abundantly, not only here, but to prepare you for what's on the other side. Lord, be here with us today. Amen. There's some things that's Good in this world, and there's some things it's not. We know that. I get to thinking about a time on a picnic table with Billy Hubbard, who's gone off, my grandpa. And I seen my, seen my dad slaving in them old big trucks and getting his hands greasy. And, hey, I knew right then and there that wasn't, that wasn't what I was good for. I knew. Hey, I call my father-in-law if anything goes wrong, okay? You know, you see me lying about it. Lord knows. I said, Grandpa, 
I said, I, I'm commending Dad and you for working like that all your life and slaving this hot garage. But I just don't know if I'm made for that. He said, son, go get you an education. You won't have to get your hands dirty. I've held on to that. That's not a commending thing to me. That man went past fifth grade. That's all he done was fifth grade. And he raised a family on a fifth grade education. But what I'm trying to tell you is, our hands are clean this morning if you're a child of God. And your education in God's Word is the most important thing that you have. They cannot take away from what you learn from this book. They, being the world, cannot take away the knowledge of God. Proverbs 1 says this about the knowledge of God. Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Hmm. I don't know if that says a lot about your pastor or a lot about the world. But the beginning of knowledge is fear of God. I Not fear, let me classify this or clarify this. I'm bad with words sometimes. Not to be fearful that he'll take me off the face of the earth in the blink of an eye, which he can. But to be reverent of God, of who he is and his love for you, knowing that he died for you. And as Charles Spurgeon says, why would I dabble in the sin that nailed my Savior to the cross? Why would I dabble in that? Why would I do that? It put my best friend... On a cross. Second point this morning is that we need to steep ourselves in God's Word. You're only going to know it, folks, if you steep, you dive into it. How are you going to stand on the truth as Molly and them saying, build my life upon your love and your Word? How are you going to if we don't know it in our hearts? You know, he wrote the Ten Commandments on stone. But he said, I'll give them a new commandment, and I what? I write it on their heart. I write it on their heart. Here's what he tells Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8. This book of instruction. Now let me tell you where Joshua was. The greatest leader of all time. Who am I talking about at this time? Moses. The greatest leader, I mean, walked for 40 years, lost, okay? And 40 more before that. Let's be honest, if you know anything about Scripture and you dive into it, there's a lot more to that. He walked 40 years and led these people. And here is Moses, you know, gets to look into the promised land, but God says you're not going. That's another Bible study on, you know, on its own. But here's what he gave to Joshua, who's taken over. The greatest coach, the greatest leader. He says, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. He didn't say, remember Moses forever. He didn't say whatever Moses has shown you. He said, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed at whatever you do. You want to be successful? You want to prosper? You want to succeed? 
meditate on it day and night. We have to learn the truth in order to discern the lies. We said it last time. The FBI, counterfeit agency, they only look at what? Real money. They don't study fake money. They only look at real money. That way when the fake money comes up, they go, mm, that's not real. That's not real money. If we know God's Word, we're going to say, that's not real. That's not God's Word. Amen? Psalms 119.104 says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Another word there is commands. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Quit making a way for people who you're afraid you're going to hurt their feelings. I hate every false way. Does that mean I'm perfect? Absolutely not. But the Holy Spirit hates not the sinner, but the sin. Therefore, He condemns when I do wrong. The Spirit says, I hate that. Why would you dabble in that? It is wrong. If you don't have that little voice in your head telling you that, please come to this altar today. Come. Oh, would you come? I thought about it this way when I was studying God's Word this week. Been talking about traveling a lot. And, you know, there's a few ways to travel. There's an airplane, there's cars and bicycles if you like us sometimes and you're crazy. Or on feet or on boat. All kinds of different things. And I thought about how sometimes I study God's Word in an airplane. And what I mean is I'll fly across the Word and I'll get a little thing or two here and there. Man, that's, that's a good Word right there. I might preach that on Sunday. And I thought about how I miss so much because I don't sit down and take the time of the mornings, 10 minutes, of the night, 10 minutes, on my lunch break, 10 minutes. And I thought about that conversation a couple weeks ago when we talked about people are like tea bags. You never know what they are until you put them in hot water. But once you get in that water, God may let you steep a little bit, bounce you up and down. If you know anything about making tea, how do you get the best tea? My mother-in-law can tell you. You work it. You work just like the soil. You work the soil. But let me ask you this. If you didn't fly over the country in an airplane, this may hurt a little more. But think about it if you walked across the country. What all you'd see. What all you could soak in. What all you could look back and say, God, man, you were in that spot when I was under the, the, the interstate bridge. I remember you when it was cold. And I was in Minnesota walking and it snowing. Now I'm in L.A. and there's all kinds of idols out here. But I remember, God, that you were there in the fire. Or do we just want to fly over and say, hey, you know, that's a good word. Man, that's a nice view down there. We don't want to help nobody along the way. Think about if we journal and think and talk to God. Let me tell you why I know you can meditate this morning. I'm going to skip a little bit this morning. Let me tell you why I know you can meditate. Raise your hand in here if you worry at all. Don't lie to me. Do you know what worrying is? It's meditating on your problems. Or meditating 
on what you think is going to come. Joyce Meyer says worry is a down payment on a home that you're never going to live in. You may not ever buy that home, but you worry to death about it. You may not ever buy that car, but you're scared to death what debt it's going to get me in. Think about it. If you can worry about your problems and meditate on what's wrong, what if we combat every worry we have with a thought of God? I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Don't you think if you're a child of God, He's going to take care of you? I seen Dan post something this week about a song called Sparrows. He says he takes care of the sparrows. You know, when I was going to get my children, <laughs> you know the story, <laughs> I was going to get our children, and I was looking around praying, and I think I sent this to somebody that day, and I was looking around praying, and I said, Lord, I've never doubted you before, but right now I'm struggling. And I swear it, Brother Greg, about that time, about five crows flew down and picked up a box of a Happy Meal. And I thought, Lord, where did that Happy Meal come from? I'm pretty hungry. Actually, I did not. Scripture come back to my mind and said, I'll take care of the birds in the sky. I'll feed the ravens. I take care of everything. And I thought, well, Lord, I apologize. Right there is five hungry birds that didn't woke up this morning with no idea where the food was coming from. And here I am, have the Word of God, and I know exactly where the bread of life comes from, and yet I doubt it. <laughs> A little note I found this week. If you're 18 or older, think about this. If you're 18 or younger, think about this. In 18 years from the time you're born, studies are showing that you'll have 18... No, I backed up. Back up, back up. Wrong, Pastor. You're preaching wrong. In 18 years, you'll amass 30,000 screen hours, screen time, TV, watch, iPad. The Bible, 66 books, it takes an average person 80 hours to read it. Now, I did some math, and I'm not going to go through all that math. For 30,000 hours, 18 years, that's four and a half hours a day you're on a screen. Four and a half hours a day you're on a screen. Let me tell you how many days it takes to read the Bible if you were in it four and a half hours a day. 17 days. 17 days you could read through the Bible. Hey, double that. Let's say you're in it two hours. What's 17 times two? So 34, five? 35 days you could have it read. You break that down into quarters, it gets just a little bit longer. I'm not a mathematician. I married one, okay? What I'm saying is we spend a lot more time on the screen than we do in the Word. And we want to see God move. He says, seek after me with all your heart. Pray to me and I will answer. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 through 13. That was right after he said, I know I have the plans for you, declares the Lord. But then he says, seek after me. How are you going to know his plan if you're not seeking after him? And that's for me. That, that's really for me. If you know how to worry... You know how to meditate. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord. 
I declare it again. Lord, I've got some issues up here. Help me, Lord. I declare it. He says, Rejoice in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Verse 6. Do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think about it. How awesome would it be if every time I worried, I combated that with Scripture. Every time I worry, have a piece of Scripture on your heart that you say, no, devil, not today, Satan, as that shirt on the beach Dan wore the other day. Not today. Every day, not today, less of me and more of him. Third and final point this morning. In order to do what Daniel did, hear me out, you need to stay connected to the church and other believers. Did you know that Daniel was not alone? Not only did he have the Son of God, who had not walked the face of the earth at that time, per se, but he had three other men. Daniel did not forsake the instruction that he had. He did not go with the crowd because there's only one thing that would have happened, destruction. When you forsake God's word, destruction's coming. The most important things in life are two things, I'm going to be honest with you. God's word and the friends you choose. If I didn't know anybody in here I could ask them two questions. Who do you hang with? And what are you letting in your mind? What are you reading? What are you watching? That would tell me their future in 10 years. Your friends have influence. God's word is your foundation. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. Now here's what I'm trying to say. Daniel would not have made it through the three-year indoctrination program without close friends standing beside him. Somebody here this morning is trying to fight the fight on their own. Don't do that. Fight it with God. Fight it with your pastor. Fight it with your friends. I've seen growth through D groups, through Bible studies. And every time I'm there, there's somebody else there. <laughs> There's somebody else studying with me. Life's tough enough to get through. We've got to have good friends. We've got to have good church around us. Brother Dan just talked about the body of the church. Somebody's got to be the mouth. Somebody's got to be the hands and feet. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit just about how much God loves you as we close. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. In your, in your Bible, it's given a subtitle. The two ways. It's what it says. The two ways. And as I read this scripture, think about the two ways you have to go this morning. Verse 1 says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers, Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears 
its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Listen to me this morning. I'm not saying to not have friends who are not believers. God says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all the creation. But your inner circle needs to be a tight knit of believers. I've seen Pam affect so many. I've seen Paul affect so many because of the influence they've had. I've seen Dan check the pastor. You're going probably too hard on that pastor. I've got him in my inner circle for a reason. I've seen Ezra, Teresa, the list goes on. The non-believer needs you. But you need other believers. Pray for each other. Lift each other up. We can't make it without each other. Look around. This is who you got. There's some here today. There's some not here today that, that's on your side. That's preaching the gospel. But this is all you got. In God's word, he tells us, I'll never leave you or forsake you. In peace I bring to you. Let us pray this morning. Father, I thank you and I love you so much, God. Lord, we want hearts that adore you. Lord, search me. Search everyone in here. Father, make us a clean heart. Allow us to give everything we've got to you, Lord. And to not look back once we put our hands to the plow. We start to follow Jesus. That we not look back and look at what we may have left behind. But, Father, that everything we do is about you. Thank you so much this morning for the new creature, the new creation in Amanda. Lord, I ask that you be a lamp unto her feet and a light on her path, Father. And as she goes, let her show Jesus, be an ambassador for Christ. Lord, we have many hearts that are probably hurting this morning. God, touch them and heal them. Lord, we trust in you, the author and perfecter of our faith, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that if we'll walk in the light as you are in the light, we'll be cleansed of all sin and be righteous in the eyes of God. It's through the blood the Father looks to us at. And through that blood, we are clean. Lord, I love you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church, or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.